It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Guys, we haven't done Fence Riders in a did very long time. Did everybody respond? No. Did most people respond? Yes. Who did not respond? Mr. COVID. Oh, uh, well. Yeah, I have my headphones half off, so I didn't hear what Mike said there. But we'll get into question number one here. Yeah. Are you guys ready? Will Deshaun Watson account for more total touchdowns than Lamar Jackson? This is one of our few unanimous answers here, Steve. We... Sorry, Steve was Steve and I were a little out of sync there. But this is one of our few unanimous answers. Uh, McNuggets, Bull, Brad, Jason, G, Tyvis, and Earl all said yes. We'll keep it quick. Who wants to start? I have I mean... my reasoning. Some of this is all is us being homers. I I looked at it from the perspective of I don't have any faith that Lamar Jackson's going to play. I think there's more. It's more likely that there's, I think their numbers in terms of total touchdowns will be probably if they both played the full season would probably be close. But I would lean towards Watson. So I was already leaning that way. And I think well, who's more likely to get hurt? It's Lamar Jackson. So. I made it pretty easy. <clears throat> no, nah, this is easy for me um, because I'm just going to start saying this. I don't know why we're doing all this prefacing. It's two weeks before the season. If I believe that, that, that Deshaun Watson is back to being Deshaun Watson, he's just better than Lamar Jackson. Let's just be Fact. clear. I agree. Agreed, totally agree. But Lamar's going to still get a lot of rushing he, touchdowns. He's going to get some touchdowns, yeah. but uh, I, I feel he's better. He has a better arm. He's not as good dynamic of a runner, but they're going to run some too. Deshaun Watson is mobile. Yeah. So, I, I just think he's better than Lamar Jackson, yeah. and I think he's going to get more touchdowns. In Watson's last three years as a starter, his total touchdown, this question was total touchdowns, 31, 33, 36. Lamar Jackson's three years as a starter, 33, 19, 20. Now, injuries obviously played a major role in, right. in Lamar's last two years. Right, played a major role in my, my decision. And yeah. also why I, I went. Even but take injuries get, out, I yeah. still go Watson because I don't buy into – I'm talking myself more into the Steelers and talking myself out of the Ravens day by day here. Yeah. I don't like their receivers. I don't trust the fact that OBJ and uh, Bateman and all these guys they have outside of Zay Flowers can stay healthy. I don't trust the Todd Munkin offense. He's coming from college back to the pros. Who knows what that's going to look like? Plus, I don't like. buy you can and I just don't. Lamar Jackson is who he is. You exactly. can't make him a different type of quarterback. I, exactly. I, I and I think his that. MVP season is one of the single it's greatest an seasons it's an in the anomaly. history of the NFL. Yeah. That is not who Lamar Jackson is. That was the outlier of it, just like Cam Newton's MVP. Well, Mark Jackson's really good. Deshaun Watson's better. It's that simple. Plus, he's more injury prone. Yes. Lamar, so it's an easy All on the answer. same side. Yeah. Go ahead. We did have two unanimous answers. That was one of them. Okay. The next couple are not. That was. So, question number two is Will Nick Chubb score at least 15 total touchdowns? This was the toughest one for me. I went back and forth on this one a few times. And I think it was so pretty split. Our yes is Bull, Jason, and G, and our no is McNuggets, Brad, Tyvis, and Earl. 
You guys who start first. Tell me why the Where's Earl? Yes. We need an Earl. Uh, Earl, Earl texted us. I called him this morning. He didn't answer. I called him. I wanted him to be involved, but we got to add his picture. We got to add an Earl. Yeah, picture. bad job out of me. I was very behind this morning on everything, so I did not add his headshot. In. Earl's headshot should be Donovan Mitchell. So Earl's headshot. <laughs> or DPJ. Is, so Earl's <laughs> headshot is Brad, right? <laughs> yeah, Earl. In a way, yeah. yeah. But, Brad, but Brad did answer. Aww, no, Brad still that's answers. That's funny. That's funny. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, so, you, guys said, you guys said yes. Why yes? Oh, go ahead, G. Well, because we just talked about it. They, they did not get another back. They didn't really go out and get a veteran one that's going to take up some of these snaps or carries. So when I'm looking at Nick Chubb, he had 12 last year on a, on a pitch count. This year, I don't. I think he's going to get more touches. He's going to be in the game more on third down, more in the game on goal line because Kareem Hunt was more of a goal line back. I think he's going to at least get an opportunity to get 15. Playing against lighter boxes as well because Deshaun Watson can throw the ball. I say he gets 15 touchdowns because he's going to go up against an easier task this year. The it, most touchdowns he's ever had in one season in his career total is 13. Oh, never had 14, never 15. He's had 13 no, twice. It's 10, 8, 12, 9, 13. Yeah, 13 is the most he's ever had yeah. in his career. Yeah. The Browns have more options than they've ever had in Nick Chubb's tenure in Cleveland of guys who can score, especially down in the red zone, where it has been the Nick Chubb show, even when he was splitting carries with Kareem Hunt. Now they have Deshaun Watson, who's mobile. You have Elijah Moore, who's their red zone Swiss Army knife. You have Amari Cooper, David and Joe Kuma expected big things out of Cedric Tillman. I just think there are too many options to give one guy 15 touchdowns, even if Nick Chubb, the player, has the capability of scoring 17, 18, 19 touchdowns. He's that good. Yeah. I just think the Browns have too many options. It, it's hard to bet because on the he's over. never done it. I think you're overstating the options. I'm not. Uh, Cedric Tillman as a rookie is a big red zone and option. I, and I just wanna, an option to take away from I mean, the. I, let's just hand it an I don't want to see Elijah Moore. I don't Moore. think Elijah Moore is doing much in the, in, in the goal line. I want Nick Chubb to get the ball five times if they can in four downs. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I do think. <laughs> I do think there's going to be, just in general, and he has the capability of, forget the red zone, like busting out a 40-yard any touchdown. Given, any given time, and with the yes. smaller box, he is going to have those opportunities even more, I, I think. And it's tough. In the end, I'm probably wrong. You're probably, you're probably 15's right. 15's a lot. Like, 15 a lot. is a lot. And Nick Chubb last year scored 13. He scored the one against the Jets when he shouldn't. He should have fell. Remember, he ended up well, scoring. Could have yeah, fell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it, there's always one or two that could go either way. But if, but in in fairness, the Browns' offense overall should score should way score more way points. more touchdowns than they ever have. Totally. So the totally no, total agree. numbers will go up. All right, next one, Anthony. All right, so question three. Also, typo in the graphic. Hands up. My bad. I didn't double check it. Oh, but will three players on the Browns have at least 750 receiving yards? Brad, Jason, G, Tyvis, and Earl said yes, and no right. was McNuggets and Bulls. 750 is a lot. How many teams have three guys with 750? I did the, well, research. did the research. I know the answer. This. It was three teams last year. Can you name the three real quick? Cincinnati. Correct. Philly? Incorrect. All three AFC teams. Kansas City? Incorrect. Chargers? Correct. Oh. And not the Bills. Yeah, five. Voice is great radio. Dolphins. Three. No, Dolphins didn't have it. They, they had two crazy. They had two crazy. It was the Jaguars. And of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of those three teams, yeah. the third receiver had 766 yards, 762, and 752. Yeah. The third receiver. Oh, you were with me on the only I'm on, I'm on no. Yeah. The third receiver only, at most, had 16 yards over that threshold. It is so hard to spread the wealth that evenly Yeah. and have guys be that productive. They have four or five guys on the roster who I think are capable of having 750 yards. Yeah. 
I just don't think capable equals realistic. I, I think in you'll terms have two, and then I think um, between Elijah Moore, DPJ, and David Njoku, I think all three guys probably end up somewhere between six and eight hundred, right? But I don't think two of those three get over seven fifty to me. And G stat for you: so three teams last year at three over seven fifty. Last season, eighteen teams, more than half the league, had. A thousand, a seven fifty, and over five hundred. But that five hundred to seven fifty third guy, yeah, very few hard. teams actually. Especially when that you threshold. think about it. Okay, the three teams that did it were, were Cincinnati. Who the other two? Jacksonville. Yeah, and the Chargers. Okay, those are all pass first teams. Yeah. Now maybe not Jacksonville. I don't know what their percentage was, but the Bengals and Chargers throw the ball a lot, and. The Browns are going to throw the ball a lot, but probably not as high a percentage as the Bengals because they, they still got have Nick Chubb. Chubb. Yeah. So if we're expecting Nick Chubb to have a monster season, which I think we all are, I'm just not. And I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's impossible. Certainly, but it's Cape. Prob- it's 750 is it's, is it's hard a high for number, a third yeah. receiver. You said yeah. Why yes? Uh, well, look. Um, because I think sometimes you, you look at it, you got Mark Cooper who will be open. Um, he's going to get his thousand. Now, if I look at the other guys, I could foresee a situation where you got a deep threat that may not get to targets, but he has a lot of yards because he's throwing, he's catching deep passes. Now, it, that may not fit Elijah Moore, but if you're looking at it like he's the fastest of the receivers, um, I think he's going to get a thousand. Where it comes down to a thousand, yeah, I think he's going to thousand. Wow. That's Be- because here's here's what people don't realize. Even the year that Baker had in 2019 or is it 2020? 2020. In 2020, that was when they went to the playoffs, right? What was Freddie Kitchens' year? 2019. Yep. Yeah. 2019, both Odell and Jarvis had over a thousand yards, and nobody was like people. People were, thought it was a crazy year. And then you go back and look, and you see that uh, they that barely Nick, they barely went over a thousand. But then you look, and Nick Chubb had a thousand yards. Yeah. So I don't know who like you rounded up. I don't know if David and Joku had about four hundred or five hundred. But my thing, my thing is sometimes you can put numbers up, and it's kind of weird because they're like, wow, they had that many yards. I just think, and it's one extra game. I, I hear you. I think in the end, the Browns have enough decent options. Like none of their none of their pass catchers are great. Amari Cooper's very good, right? The rest of the guys to this point are just, you know nice players. Yeah. But I think Deshaun Watson is going to spread it around a lot between Moore and DPJ and, and Tillman and Goodwin and Joku and, and, and Chubb at the backfield. That I don't think like I think there'll be a bunch of guys between four and eight hundred. And it'll add up to a lot, but in the end, I can't see two of those guys getting who, over seven. Who, who is who is okay? So out of those that group of I'm guys, who do you guys believe is the most? If they did do it at seven fifty, who's most likely to have it out of the rest? I think Elijah Moore and and Joku, Mark Cooper, and Moore are the ones I'm putting there. But I think Joku is more likely to get to seven fifty than DPJ. Or Goodwin, or somebody else, or, yeah. or Tillman. I I'd think. actually flip that. I would put if I was ranking who I think at the end of the season will lead the Browns in receiving yards. It's Cooper for me, and Joku then more. I I'd really? go, I'd go in that order. I think that's interesting. I, 
This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Sometimes there's so much hype around a player that it's a smokescreen. Like I'm going back to the NFL draft, and I can't think of a great example, but Team X loves this player. They love this, and they're just trying to get you to believe they love the players. So some team trades up, and they move back. And this is not a knock on Elijah Moore whatsoever. But you hear all this stuff about Elijah Moore. Cincinnati's hearing the same stuff. Okay, we're going to put a lecture coverage on Elijah Moore. Guess who's open in the middle of the field? Njoku. Then teams are not making defensive decisions based on hype from media. Not hype from media, but you hear, and, and they're looking at stuff. They used Elijah Moore in ways that we hadn't yeah. seen them use any offensive player in that system. I, I, Since I, the fans, am I, I wrong? I think Elijah Moore or Njoku or DPJ, I think any of them could finish second. I, I so think pay, it's just, almost just for the sake of this, so we, we all agree. If Cooper's I had to won. pick, I'd pick Elijah Moore second, second on the team in yards. I think it's possible DPJ has more than him. I think it's possible Njoku has more than him. I just can't see two of those three guys getting over 750 yards. It's a lot. It, it's 750 more, is more than you think. It's 65 yards a game is what it comes down to. Yeah, and Njoku, I don't know. That's hard. How many tight ends average more, get more than 750 yards? I, it's not that many. I'm buying, and I told you, I'm buying Jacksonville stock. I'm buying Njoku stock this year. I, I it, really think Njoku I, yeah. is poised for a monster I, season. I drafted him um, as I looked at it, and I looked around the league at tight ends. And, yeah. And, I think he's he's going to get more touches than Dalton Schultz. I think he's going to get more touches than George Tickettle because he's injury prone. And they talk about spreading around. Yeah, they but joke who's been injury prone too. Yeah. Yes. I, I think if you look at it, you could honestly legitimately say if after you got Kelsey Edwards, I don't know if you would put Darren Waller ahead of him because he's been injured yeah, so much. Andrews, not Edwards. Mark, yeah, yeah, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. So after those two, I mean, I could, I could see myself being like, "All right, is is Njoku fourth? I, I don't, fifth? I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, it's possible. He what, could be. I mean, right could. now he's not. I mean, Hawkinson's a bust. Right Hawkinson, now. you could throw him. I got out. him. I, I, I think on my, you know, I prepare. I make uh, your fantasy spreadsheets. Fantasy spreadsheets. I'll tell you where I got him. I, I think I got him ninth amongst tight ends. I'll, I have him higher on my my personal rankings. Well, but you, you're letting fandom get in the way, Mike. No, you can't I'm, do that. I think I'm letting opportunity in the way. I saw, I saw the way they used him in Kansas City. They put Elijah. I got Moore. him tenth. You got him tenth. I got Kelsey tier one by himself. By himself, tier two: Mark Andrews, T.J. Hawkinson, Darren Waller. Now Waller's injury prone. Waller's the wild card, but if but he's I healthy, go into yeah. it with okay. I got. I can't project injury. Yeah. So what do you do? I and then no tier three: Kittle, Goddard, Pitts, Engram, Fryermuth, and then Njoku. I would, I, 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 I think that David and, and Joku, Dalton Kincaid, the rookie, right after that. The, those, out I, of those I agree dudes, with the tears. Order yeah. be damned, but tears, I'm, I'm right but there the with. But the tears, I'm with it. Like, but I think that Joku could be at the highest, a high, a high sure. top th- third tier. He could, but those guys have more of a track record. Yeah. Yes, you know, and uh, I think Kyle Pitts has the most upside of of all the tight ends. He, he also just, could be the he just, but he's on a team with highest the bad risk, lowest situation. ceiling. Yeah, I don't draft players, fantasy players. A tip. Don't draft fantasy players with bad quarter on teams with bad quarterbacks. It's tough. I, I, I stay away from Can it. Can I say one thing and we'll yeah. on the next question? Yeah. Do you know how good of a feeling it is to have this discussion saying who could be the third receiver with 750 yeah. yards? 
But there's a lot of teams out there being like, do we really have one guy we're confident we're going to have 750? Well, I don't know if there's a, a lot of teams that don't have one guy. There's a, there's a couple. You're talking the, out your ass now. Who on the Colts is going for 750 this year? Michael Pittman. With that quarterback? With Anthony Richardson? Doesn't matter. You're going to get 750. I'm just saying, the fact that we're on the – out of these guys, we're talking about two or three guys with who could be the third. I agree with your main point. You went, you went too far with the last part of it. <sighs> okay, maybe. But, maybe. yes, the Browns have had many years where you're like, they've got one guy that's good and everybody else sucks. Yeah. Is, there, is there a team out there that doesn't have a, a – like their starting receivers the don't have 800 the, the, the Giants' offensive receivers are terrible. They didn't have – They didn't have, not one of them had 800 yards. Well, they, the Giants were – Completely year, riddled by injuries. So. Yeah, I don't think so. That's impo- that's almost impossible. Look, hey, look at the Colts. I look at the Giants. The Colts. Michael Pittman had a thousand yards, didn't he? The Giants' leading receiver last year at seven twenty-four. Oh wow, that's bad. They had zero reach seven fifty. And they're a playoff team too. And uh, their second leading receiver, by the way, Slayton, who led the team, played sure. sixteen games. Richie James played seventeen. He had five sixty-nine. Wow, that's. Tough. I didn't. That Michael was Pittman did not have a thousand. He had a thousand yards in twenty-one last year. Yeah. He had nine twenty-five. He missed okay. one game. So there, those are two teams without a thousand receiver. There's more teams than you think that didn't have a thousand. Wow, yard that's receiver. crazy. Seven, yeah, but, like, but you said seven fifty, Mike. You didn't say a thousand yards. No, no, no. I know. I'm, I'm just saying. To G's well, point, yeah, I was like, asking. Yeah, like, he, he has a diff- different. Is it even possible there? that you can yeah. have a, t- a number one yeah. receiver with under eight hundred or eight hundred yards or less? I mean, it's, yes. un- it's unlikely, but yeah, the Giants, I can't think of another team that would have had, it's probably another team that had maybe a wide receiver that's that didn't crazy. get 800 yards. I can't, you know, maybe do. Did the Chiefs have a, a Kelsey doesn't, like an actual receiver? Yeah, I think Juju had 800 yards. Yeah, like 900. Yeah, nine, 900. 900. I'm looking up right now, and then we'll move on. Yeah. And, and uh, what are we up to, number four? Four, we got, yeah. We got three more. Three more. All right, we're And good. I don't think the Ravens had one. Chiefs, no, Chiefs, had, Chiefs had one, and Ravens, last one we'll look up. Ravens didn't have but one. Juju uh, had how many yards? 900. I bet, you the, yeah, Falcons, yeah. I bet yeah. you the Falcons didn't have one either. Drake London? No, no he didn't have 1,000. He didn't have 1,000. Let's see. How many yards did Drake Ravens won? had no receivers. Mark Andrews, tight end. No receivers over 500. Yeah. <laughs> Their leading receiver, Demarcus Robinson, who played 17 <laughs> games, had 458. That's crazy. And Drake Falcons. London had 866 okay, yards. Okay, so they did have. Yeah. All right. That's yeah, enough. There you go. All right, number four, Anthony. All right, so number four, guys. Will the Browns My line, favorite will the Browns defensive line, minus Miles Garrett, record at least 27 combined sacks? This one's That's pretty split. That's a lot, by the way, without your, not including your best player. Is it? Well, how many, how Is many, it? How many sacks do you think Miles Garrett's going to have? 20. 22. Okay, tw- 22. I'd say, 40, I'd say he's How many teams do you think year? had 48, 49 sacks last year? Only two or three. Uh, the commanders, not a lot. Commanders and Eagles. The Eagles did. Commanders, Eagles, and check, check me the 49ers, too. Before we get too far down, I'm going to give you guys the answers here. Yes is McNuggets, G, and Earl. No is Bull, Brad, Jason, and Tyvis. So 47 sacks, is that a threshold? Mm-hmm. No, because you said, well, you're, you're saying 20. He's saying 22. You're saying 20. So, yes. Yeah, so, so we'll split the difference and go 21. So that's 48. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams had 48 sacks last year or more, including the Eagles, who had 70. Yeah. Right. And the Chiefs two, had 55. Two of those teams had exactly 48. Correct. So that's hard. Yes. I have the numbers. I'll tell you exactly yeah. how it's going to go. I did a little G. Bush last night. I looked at yeah. it in my crystal ball. What McNugget Domus. Yeah. Nostra <laughs> McNuggets, whatever you want to say. Nostra McNuggets. What do you like better? McNugget Domus or Nostra McNuggets? No, Mostra McNuggets. <laughs> go ahead. And I see Joe Burrow on his back. I see Lamar Jackson. Sacked 
wiping dirt off his jersey. I see Zadarius Smith with 11 sacks. By the way, we, we've passed up on three, four pause opportunities today. It's including because, a great, including it's, a great one with Mary Kay. It's because we're maturing as a show. We're yeah, maturing yeah, yeah, as a show. Yeah, yeah. 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 We got the memo. Yeah. I see Zadarius Smith with 11 yeah. sacks. I see Ogbo with seven and a half. I see Dalvin Tomlinson with three. Very modest. I see Shelby Harris with two. No big deal. I see yeah. Mohurst with four and a half. And I see everyone else combined with five. And when you add those numbers together, that gives me 33 sacks for players not named Miles mm-hmm. Garrett. That's a lot. You think you're going to get 19 sacks between Ogbo yes. and uh, yes. I got him. I got it even higher. I got. I got him. I got I 13 sacks for Zadarius Smith. I thought I was being low too. I and, thought I undershot this. To be and honest. I got seven sacks from Ogbo. So you got 20 total. 20 total between them three. Then, then you got in Tomlinson for three is is definitely easy. I went one and a half for Shelby Harris. I gave one and a half for Elliott. And then I gave one for Hurst. No, Hurst is I, I would bet my And then the rest got like six. That Mo Hurst is more than one sack this year. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of low. Yeah, you, how many sacks you got for Ogbo, the two of you? I had seven and a half. I got I got seven. You know he has nine and a half in his career, right? Yes, and very limited playing time early in Houston. And he he's he's not gonna sniff a double team. They might he have came, a running back block. The him. Last half, year he played every game and had five sacks. The second half of last season, his pass rush win rate, which is one of the most important stats you could look at when you're evaluating. Doesn't guarantee rushes. sacks, though. No, but it proves he can beat guys. And now he's going one on one when the focus is on the other side of the line with Darius Smith and Miles Garrett. Right. I'm confident. I mean, they they were comfortable going into the season with Agua being the number two pass rusher yeah. alongside Miles Garrett. But they added Darius Smith. The point Smith. is, you're, that's a high projection. Well, for let, a guy who's never let me done. let me add one more thing to this. We yeah. just talked about the the Browns' offense with Nick Chubb potentially scoring 15 touchdowns. Bull said yeah. 15, mm-hmm. with four to five options of potential 7,500 yard receivers. Yeah. We think they're going to score a lot of points, which means the other team's going to be in a ton of passing situations trying to catch up. More pass rush opportunities, better pass rushers all in all, more sacks for everybody. Bull, when one person eats, we all eat, man. If I, you're going to order a 20-pack of McNuggets, <laughs> you ain't eating them all. You share with the how, squad. This is how attack. easy. Just call it. Listen, so if, 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 if Jay is, is Miles Garrett and Bull is Zazaria Smith, then I could be Ogbo. You see, if I was just trying to be out here by myself and trying to get these views, would I possibly have gone viral just on my own YouTube channel? It's a possibility. You could have won one AFC defensive player of the week. I could have yeah. I could have went viral kinda, but nah, since you on the show and Jay on the show, if I don't gotta do much, all I gotta have is one liners. I don't even gotta I don't gotta have no monologues. I ain't gotta leave. I come with my hottest stuff and they be like, Oh my god, this is fire, too much is cold. So that turns right. that turns in that little five sacks. All right. Now I got I 10. Like it. And Jim Schwartz. Historically, his teams yeah. have ranked in the upper echelon of the NFL year after year in hey, total. Team I think stats. it's a high number. I was just under it, but I don't think it's impossible. I don't think you're crazy for picking the over. Okay. Now, you, right. do you have Miles Garrett? How many sacks you think he getting? I got him with twenty. Twenty. So What's the record? Twenty-two and a half. Oh, he gonna get that. I hope that would be cool if, if he. That that would be really he cool. Get that. All right, number five, Anthony. All right, so wait, Anthony. Five. I just thought so. Hold on, hold on. If he does it, it'd probably be against your boy Joe Burrow, your one true love in week t- week eighteen. Is he gonna take it? Is he gonna take a bat like Brett Favre did for Strahan? Joe Burrow's not my one true love. I like him a lot as well, <laughs> but let's not get carried away. Uh, we have to have a, if he is if he has twenty one and a half sacks going into Week eighteen. We have to have a live stream on Bull for the whole game, like a, a live GoPro for the minute Miles Garrett sacks Joe Burrow. We can watch his soul leave his body on live. That TV. game, that game is that has all the implications. Yeah. I feel like that game is like okay, are you gonna make the playoffs or not? 
Could be. That or the Jets game. Week 17 and week 18, the schedule could not have played oh, out better for the Browns that's a, that's in terms of like entertainment yeah, value for the last two weeks. Yeah. Let's get to number five. Two more. Yeah, so number five. Who will record their first career interception, Greg Newsom or Martin Emerson? Newsom was Jason Tivis, and Emerson was McNuggets, Bull, Brad, G, and Earl. Well, we know Earl yeah. has a man crush on Martin Emerson, oh, he does. which yeah. is totally valid. Martin Emerson's the coolest dude. We talked to him at the softball yeah. game. Elite person, awesome on the field. And as Jason said the other day, interceptions just might not be Newsom's thing. One in five years. I'm playing the playing the. Well, Emerson the didn't have any last year either. Yeah, but he had a bunch in college. I was actually on the sidelines yeah. shooting the A&M-Mississippi State game when Martin Emerson picked off a pass, ran back for a pick six. Do you know who he picked off, by the way? No idea. Kellen Mond. He stinks. So, who, who played for A&M for was, was there like forever. My entire career and the whole person before me's career at a <laughs> Right. So I was there. I, I've seen with my own eyes Martin Emerson pick off a pass, return it for a touchdown. I have yet to see Greg Newsom do that because his interception came at Northwestern, and frankly, no one watches Mar- Northwestern Mar- football. Mar- so I'm going with Martin yeah. Emerson. Yeah. Make me proud, Marty. Yeah. Martin Emerson is, is more aggressive than, than Greg Newsom. Not saying that like Greg Newsom is yeah. like soft batch cookies. or Martin anything. Emerson is him. <laughs> oh, look at no cap. No cap. No cap. No cap. By the way, did you see Deion Sanders getting into it with that clown Danny Cannell? I did. Uh, I did. Danny Cannell. Sit this one out. He's now. a troll. I mean, he's, he's a certified I mean, he's troll. He's a total clown. I, I, and I what like, did he say? Well, Deion, what, they talked to him about being uh, a Seminole. And he, he was like, well, but I graduated, he graduated, he actually graduated college from some small school in Alabama. I can't think of the name of it. And so he brought this up at the press conference, but he was kind of joking about it. Like, oh, I'm not really a Seminole. I'm a whatever the school is. Yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. think of what it's called. And so Danny Cannell was all uh, triggered about this on Twitter. And he was like, that's disrespectful to Florida State. They retired your number. And like, dude, Danny Cannell, shut the hell up. Come on, bro. <laughs> like, like you, you, like, why would you even get in that arena? You're not yeah. even in that yeah. level you know, where you could be but was tweeting. It, at. Cannell was a D1 quarterback. No, Cannell started at Florida State. Yeah, yeah but he wasn't like good in the pros. No, right? he was terrible. Yeah, in the pros. yeah. But like, Dion's one of the all-time greats. Yeah, I mean, Dion's a shut goat. The hell up. Like, Danny Cannell's a yeah. radio guy. Danny. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Dion was a pretty good baseball player too. What the you guy mean? Played two sports. He was an all-star in baseball. He just pulled up. Oh, going to the World Series. You know what's crazy is around that time you had three players play both sports. You had Bo, mm-hmm. you had Prime, mm-hmm. and you had Brian Jordan. Remember him? Brian Jordan played for the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Defense Falcons and the Braves. And the Bra- it, and, and, but the, Wait, did they have Dion and Brian Jordan at the same time? I don't think it was the same time. I That'd think, be crazy they had two players yeah. simultaneously playing for both teams. No, By the way, you know what, what current famous, what current NBA GM Played both Major League Baseball and the NBA. He's a GM right now. He's GM, and oh. he's a he's a very well. What's that? Wait, one more. Yeah, that's right. We got one very. He's a very well known GM who recently changed teams in the last couple of years. Elton Brand. No. Older than that. Kurt Rambis didn't play in the in MLB, did he? No. Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge. There you go. Now G left me hanging. There you go. <laughs> and, yeah, I was like, Danny Ainge played the, for the Blue Jays Danny and, of course, Ainge. for the Celtics. And, and, All right. Yeah. There you go. go. Last one. Last What's one, up? Anthony. Go All ahead. right, guys. The last one in our much welcome back fence rider segment. Will the Cleveland Browns make the playoffs in 2023? Gentlemen, ladies, grab the Kool-Aid. We are a unanimous yeah, yes. Yeah, everybody said yes. For you knew that. the Browns happening. going to the playoffs. <laughs> Browns winning the Super Bowl. We're going all the way.
I don't think they win in the Super Bowl, but they could. What do you think? Uh, let, so we're all in agreement to make the playoffs. Yeah. If the question was, will the Browns win the Super Bowl? Would I would any, say no. Would it all been unanimous no? Would anyone have picked yes? G? I think Earl or G could have. Earl, Earl has him losing in the AFC. Earl's put it on the record on this show, so I'm not saying anything he yeah. hasn't already said. He believes the Browns lose to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. They make the AFC Championship, lose to Kansas City. Only, only way they could do, see this is, and I don't, I don't think they'll do it. The only way I would have them going to the Super Bowl is if they, um, if they have home field advantage. And I don't think Kevin Stefanski is savvy enough to like push them. Like he'll be happy to be where they are, and they'll lose a game or some down the stretch, and be like, "Why would you lose that game? You lost to this guy." Down they got they have to have home field advantage. To me, here's the thing: when the Bengals went to the Super Bowl two years ago, nobody had them going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, if you're ta- if you're if you're good enough to be a legit playoff team, which means you didn't get lucky because you were in a bad division, or not the Jaguars you're, last you're the year, the seven seed with a bad quarterback, that, yeah, you know, in a conference that's not that good. Well, that's not happening in this AFC. All seven teams that make the playoffs in the AFC are good. Will have a legitimate chance to win the Super, yeah. to get to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Now, when I make predictions personally, I think to myself, if they played the season a hundred times, what result would happen most often? Not oh, I got a, a hunch on this team, or I, I hope this happens. What would happen most often? And what most often would happen in my mind is the Browns finish as the sixth seed in a wild card in the AFC, which means they don't get a home game, which means they play probably either Cincinnati or Buffalo in the first round, which is a very tough game on the road. Doesn't mean they couldn't win it. It just means it's tough. And the odds of getting yeah. to the Super Bowl as the sixth seed in this AFC are very slim. But certainly it, it is capable of happening. But if you say, is, is it, how, I mean, how could you pick anybody over the Chiefs right now in the AFC, realistically? That's fair. We're going to do next week before yeah. the opening game of the season on Thursday our full predictions, yeah. superlatives, MVP picks. We're going to do all that. So I have the right to change what I'm going to say right now. Yeah. You have them as the sixth seed, I have them as the five seed. If the playoffs were to begin tomorrow, how I see it playing, I have them as the five seed. All right. Very See, what do you have them, real quick, before we move on? Five seed would probably how many wins you thinking that is? Ten. My, if I, I, got, I think you got to win eleven games. I, I, five, I think I think I have ten, five, ten, six, ten, seven. And, and if you win, if you win twelve games, where that was that? One, one or two the division. Twelve wins wins the AFC North this year. Probably. I don't think it's a short. It could be a tiebreaker win of the division, but probably. The Browns won twelve games. I think they'd have a, you know, at that least, division is so tough. If you win, if you come out of that gauntlet. Playing six games against the Steelers, yeah. the Bengals, and the Ravens in totality, you go with twelve wins, you're winning the division. Plain, like, plain I, and yes. simple. I think you have to be like four and two in the division. Probably yeah. four and two. Probably. I got him. I got him fifth, fifth, four, fifth, somewhere yeah. around there. Which is not home field advantage. Which is not. Yeah. It, fourth would be in the first round. Fourth would be yeah. But yeah. Oh no! And the first, they need that. Yeah. Like you, they, if you win your division, you get a home game. They they need that home game. I'm gonna tell you that right yeah. now. They not. I don't. Like I said, I just yeah. don't. I don't see it. Mm. All, All right. right, we gotta do 32 and 32, but you gotta read first. Yeah, and before 32 and 32, guys, I want to remind you, it's September 1st. The Cleveland colder weather is coming around the corner, and you need new Browns hoodies. And there's no better place to get the Browns hoodies than at Fanatics. You can use our link, fanatics.com/ucss. 
some of the kickback goes to us, and we appreciate you supporting Fanatics and supporting the show. Kickback sounds shady. Yeah, it does. Like we're doing something illegal. <laughs> it is very legal. I promise yeah. you. Yeah, no, very it's 100% legal. legal. Nothing, the kickback's shady, the nothing. only word I know. By the way, it's funny that Anthony's talking about cold weather because it's supposed to be like 90 degrees for the next week. Uh, yeah, but listen, that whole... But before you know it, the cold weather yeah. will be here. It'll so be it 90 degrees outside, and I will have a hoodie on Allegedly. in the studio. It's the, hottest, it's the hottest the world has ever been in like... Two, three hundred. Yeah, we're, years. we're killing the planet, but uh, yeah. a much cheerier subject. Hey, Jim Schwartz is our defensive coordinator. There he is. He is. Sacks galore. Yeah. And he's number four on our 32 and 32 That's list. Insane. That's insane. I actually think that it's is perfect. insane. It is the perfect placement for Jim Schwartz. It is insane that you have yes, I do. Jim Schwartz more important than all his players except for Miles Garrett. I do. Do you want to hear why? Sure. Go ahead. Get it. Last season, regardless of who was at quarterback, the offense wasn't the reason the Browns lost most of their it games. It was part of the reason they lost. It's part this of it. is being overstated. The Chicago defense that's not that good. The Browns defense last year yeah. was simply not good. Their run defense was atrocious. Absolutely unquestionably atrocious. And while I agree with you, Bull, it is players' job to win games. Yeah. It is a coach's job to accentuate what those players do and get the most out of them. And Jim Schwartz was brought in here to shore up a defensive scheme and get the most out of Miles Garrett. JOK, Ogbo, Denzel Ward, Martin Emerson, Delpit, yeah. all the above. When yeah. I look at this Browns defense, exactly the same players they have, players they have. If Joe Woods was coordinator, G, I'd have some major question marks about this defense. I think at best, they could be pretty good. At best. I, I you switch out Joe Woods with Jim overstating in this scheme with these players, yeah. I think the ceiling of this Browns defense is top two, three in the NFL. I truly do. And in that reasoning... With that in mind, so I believe Jim Schwartz, yeah. because of what he can do for these players, put yeah. them in the right positions, make JOK not look like a guy who DeQuell Jackson says, yeah. cut and send out, make Miles Garrett elevate his game from all pro to let, defensive player of the year, plus the other guys, yeah. he me, is that important to the Browns question. winning and losing games Let me this ask year. you a question here. Who was the defensive coordinator of the Eagles last year? Do you know? Yeah, he's the new head coach in Arizona, Jonathan Gannon. Gannon, right. Yeah. Is their defense going down the toilet this year? We'll see. You think it's going to? Good. All depends on what they're running. Yeah. I think you're over – like, the idea that Jim – they got way better talent. There's no way we can compare that's, – That's true. And I'm not a Joe Woods guy, obviously. But there's no way you can compare – I know people are going to do this. Look, we got Jim Schwartz. We're better on defense. It is not apples that's to apples. It's completely yes. unfair. It's a way better but let roster. me ask you. let me ask you this thing. Yeah. If this was the same exact players. Yeah. All the new additions. Darius yeah. Thornhill and Joe Woods was the defensive coordinator. What's their ceiling? I think not that much lower than with Jim Schwartz. Would they, would they be as aggressive? I don't know what they'd be. Jim Schwartz doesn't blitz that much, so what do you mean by aggressive? Gee, do you want to educate this man? Educate me, will you? So, Joe Woods, um, bless, his, bless his heart, um, he's a defensive coordinator. And I, I've tried to, you know, when I talk to Tyvis about this, when I, when I look at defensive coordinators, I like aggressive coordinators. Now, you can be aggressive without blitzing. Those things are mutually exclusive, right? Blitzing, you just bring in extra people, right? That could be considered aggressive. But the way you teach, the way you teach the, the, the system, the scheme, how you go about it. Sometimes, you know, I'll give you an example. We were, I used to play in high school. I was, we played in a situation where we were, the defensive ends would be outside the, the tackle, the tight end, kind of like in a wide, wide nine. Um, with that formation, nobody could run the ball. Like in high school, I was like 270 pounds. 
the other defense end was like 240 pounds. And we're like, we both were D1 athletes. So there wasn't really much you could really do. The next year, they decided to put us inside. They decided to put us inside the tackle and tight end. And then they wanted the linebackers to make plays. And I remember going to the coach and saying, why would you let linebackers try to make the plays where they've never shown you they can tackle somebody in the field anyway. I, I think we won a championship with me making the plays. Let me make the plays. Needless to say that next year, my numbers went down and we didn't win a championship. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people, people don't understand is to be a coach, you have to put a person in and sometimes you got to let go to let that player be that player. Miles Garrett has never, I repeat, never had a coach that said, Miles Garrett is the best defensive player we have. We need Miles Garrett to be unleashed and let him go run around and make plays. Lawrence Taylor didn't have somebody saying, stay in your gap. Reggie White didn't have somebody being like, hey, uh, I want you to hold up people so linebackers can make plays. No, they just, Buddy Ryan said, you know what we're going to do? We'll put more defensive linemen up there. We're going to come up with this thing called a 46 and Reggie White going to play anything he want to. That's what they're doing right now when you get a guy like Schwartz. Now you say Zadarius Smith. You angle yourself and you run right in that in the face mask of that tackle every play. Miles Garrett, yeah. line up wide and go do whatever you want to. I know this is going to be taken the wrong way, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, let's not make it seem like Jim Schwartz is the greatest defensive coordinator in the history of football. I think we're getting a little carried away. He's really good. I think it's a great hire. I think he's better than Joe Woods. I think he's going to do a great job. If, if, if he's the greatest coach in the history of the world, why didn't he have a job last year? It's, it's all about, it's not here to be the greatest. It's all about, it's, no, you don't have to recreate the wheel to be, to unlock something. But this idea that, well, if they had the same talent with Joe Woods, they'd be mediocre. But with, with, with Jim Schwartz, they're going to be the best defense in football. Be, be, I mean, that's overstating. Be, Let's not get carried away. Because sometimes when you have, when you sit there and you talk about a scheme, yeah. you have coaches that refuse to get out of their own way. Sometimes just getting out of the way is, 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 is an upgrade. Coaches come in and they teach you what they want you to do. Like A, B, C. I want you here. Boom, yep. boom. It's yep. my system. And guess so you what? you think Schwartz is more important than every player on the team besides Watson and Garrett? Well, well no. I yes. Think, I, I think. Well, he said no. Well, here, here's the thing. Yeah. I think he's a. I think he's important because that place that you guys wanted to get to with Miles Garrett, he's going to give you that. Everybody said, I want Miles Garrett to, I just more. We got it. Yeah. He's, you wanted to fix JOK, right? He's going to give you well, that. Well, we hope. We don't know. I, no. But, I, that, but that's why he's important because he is, he is the key to fixing a lot of the holes on this defense. Yes, they have better players. Totally agree with you. The defensive tackle position yeah. last year was an absolute abomination. They Listen, brought in defensive tackles who are competent. But I it hear is you. Jim Schwartz's job I think we're to going unlock the full potential point. of I some think we're of these going guys. Listen, I had Jim Schwartz high on my list. Where'd you have him? I think I had, uh, like, top ten. Watch him say five. Watch him say five. It's going to be like seven. Watch him say five. Uh, no, that's the wrong, Wait, wrong list. Well, remember we did the day when Bull ran the 40? I, I had him ten. Yeah. I had him ten. ten. So, like, obviously Jim Schwartz is really important. But that, to me, to have him over only only two players ahead of the defensive coordinator, yeah. to me, that seems crazy. And, yeah. and I'll give him a lot of credit for going out and identifying some yeah. of the guys who they needed in free agency. Let's be for real. Joe Woods had what he wanted, right? They, when Joe Woods said, I want this, this group of people, what did he go out and do? Got five, six safeties. 
because mm-hmm. we heard about the vaunted three safety look. And then he figured out, well, maybe uh, they can't even run what I'm asking them to run. And then we figured out the defensive lineman was a terrible up front. I, I'm just saying, you know, the only options there are Jim Schwartz or Joe Woods. You could, like, if they had hired somebody else, uh, you know, whereas, like, the idea that Jim Schwartz is more important to this team than Nick Chubb to me is crazy. Here's here's the other part of that thing that you, you're missing. You here. would cut, you would cut. Nick Chubb before you'd fire Jim Schwartz. Is that what you're no, saying? No, 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 that's no, not what it is. But here's no. the other part. That's what that's, you're saying. Here, you're no. saying he's more important. Well, I'm you're saying Jim Schwartz is more important than Nick Chubb. I, uh, yeah, I do actually believe that. But I, here's, Jim, here, here's why. No, 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 no. Could, could you find a D coordinator Who's as good as closer to Jim Schwartz than you could find a running back closer to Nick Chubb? Absolutely. Probably. Really? But, he, but here's, here's what you're missing in this. Yeah. One of the main criticisms Kevin Stefanski last year was he had no control of this team. He was so... Scatterbrain trying to help out Joe Woods on the defense. There was no special criticism teams. of that. He was criticized for not being involved with the defense. What are you talking about? You can't switch it up. Now. I don't. Jim, am, am I going crazy? Jay complained one? about that all no, the time no, 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 last no, year. No, no, I, I think you the, know where I'm going with this. I think I think Kevin Stefanski. I was I was had a problem with him because he kept Joe Woods. Yeah, I was mad at him because right. he kept prefer. And now you and keep, now you guys with, keep bringing up Joe Woods. Joe Woods is well, irrelevant hold, to the but conversation. But now with Jim Schwartz. Yeah, Jim Schwartz is the defensive coordinator. He's the head coach of the defense. All Kevin Stefanski has to do now is focus on game planning, making sure Deshaun Watson has what he likes, deciding to go for it on fourth down or not, when to punt, and doing what a head coach does best in my, Kevin Stefanski's role, which is call plays was, and make sure the team's ready. He doesn't was, worry about the defense my, anymore. If they would have hired Brian Flores, they could have done the same thing. Not necessarily. Yes, they could have. He was doing that with Joe Woods. What are you talking about? He got more involved because the defense was terrible. I, I think Brian I, Flores is not Jim Schwartz, though. Like, yes, when we, when we had this discussion before they signed Joe, uh, Jim Schwartz. Then why didn't Jim Schwartz have a job last year? If he's, if he's just the best ever, that's up to why didn't he have a job last year? Hey, do, Mary, do you believe that? Had, why didn't he have a D.C. job Teresa Walker, year? who covers the Titans, who's going to come back on before week three, yeah. told us he was essentially running the Titans defense last year, but they had the young D.C. who had the title. They didn't want him to come in and supplant him title-wise, so he was the defensive analyst. Their exact, I forget the exact Why? Title why didn't they just make him the D.C. and, 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 and tell and, the young guy to beat it? And sometimes, well, when you say, well, why, why, if he was so great, why would everybody else not have grabbed him? Well, maybe everybody else is dumb, too. <laughs> yeah. It don't mean that. It don't mean that they why smart. Doesn't Lou, right. Why doesn't Lou Adderum have a head coaching job yet? He's he's the, he's, I mean, Jim Schwartz was a bad head coach. And he's a great defensive coordinator. He is. I agree. This argument has turned stupid because I'm now trying to argue that he's not that great, which he, I think he is great. <laughs> you see what we did, just, that's, yeah. that's called the alley and G. Hey, what's the second back of that? I just think... I just think he got him too high. Hey, That's like, all I'm saying. Like, like, if he, like when, when, Bo- when Boom met his wife, his, his <laughs> lovely wife, I'm sure you didn't think, I wonder why this woman is single. You say, I'm going to take that. I'm yeah. glad she's single. <laughs> Thank congratulations. I love Jim Schwartz. I think he makes a huge difference. <laughs> that, was think, that was good. That I was good. I think you're overstating the importance you know, to some degree, I, and, I will, and I would have him at ten and not at, I will, not at four. I will give you this: I have, I do have a problem putting people that don't play yes. on the field higher than people who actually impact the game. In this case, I I wouldn't have had him at four. I had him somewhere between maybe ten and six, but I I, I would have to have him on this list because I do think he's Which important. I did, and yeah. I had him at ten. All right, All right. Uh, we, we got, got a few Stevens. minutes for Steve. Is Jay here yet? No, he's not here yet. So we want to do uh, schedule locks real quick? No, 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 we don't have time for let's, that. Let, let's, let's talk some Guardians. Guard, let me talk about okay. the Guardians okay. here for a minute because obviously they haven't been worth watching. They did win their last two. It's very interesting here. Yesterday they claimed three players on waivers, right? Uh, Lucas Giolito is a starting pitcher. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez who's a relief pitcher. And Matt Moore who's a relief pitcher. 
Now, I know some people are frustrated, like, well, if they were going to go for it, why didn't they just go for it at the end of July at the regular trade deadline? And why are they going for it now? Well, in the end, they did spend some money here. I'm surprised. I'm honestly surprised the Guardians are willing to spend $3 million. They're spending $3 million for these guys for to play four weeks for the, for the team when they're a long shot to make the playoff. And they don't spend money. I think according to fan graphs, they have a 5% chance to make the playoffs. That's probably high. They're five games out. Now, the Twins should have blown away this division a while ago, and they haven't. So the Guardians think they got a shot. I'm not going to kill them for making these moves now. I like that they did it. They brought in Cole Calhoun, who I'm not excited about at all long term, but he's played well. They, uh, they brought in Ramon Liriano, so they have added some veterans here. It's interesting to see if they can make a run and get to the playoffs. And very surprising that they claimed all three guys. Now, Giolito's been awful with the Angels. He was good, you know, decent with the White Sox before yeah. that. But uh, those are two really nice additions to the bullpen. A bullpen that's been a little shaky this year with two lefties. By the way, Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez become the first teammates in the history of baseball to go to four different teams together. That's crazy. Well, they were traded from the White Sox to the Angels. But they together, were originally right? traded from the Nationals to Chicago, the White Sox. Chicago, then the White Sox to the Angels together, uh, Angel. and now the Angels not traded together, but yeah, that, that's both crazy. Claimed by the same team. You think Tito has something to do with this? You think Tito's like, look, man. Give me a chance. Yeah, give yeah. me a shot. Give like, me a chance to make the playoffs yeah. one last time. Like, and, and, and I think it almost went, because when you talked about him being, you know, retiring, I said, yeah. you know, this seems like he's giving it, hanging it up. Yeah. And I thought they think in their heart of hearts, it was like, well, we thought we at least had one more year in us. And yeah. he's like, no, this is it. And so they're like, well, we got to do something. We can't yeah. let him yeah. go out like that. Yeah. I actually think that is the only reason they made this move, because yeah. they are a franchise that we talked at length at nauseum about the fact that they don't spend a lot of money. It took them way too long to DFA Zanino because they didn't want to admit a $6 million mistake. But yeah. now they're going to pay $3 million for a month and a half yeah. for three guys. <laughs> Not even a month and a half. I mean, for four, five I guess, weeks. really five weeks. It's five weeks. This has to be a – Tito told us he's not going to admit it yeah. out loud because he doesn't want all the fanfare that yeah. comes around with his retirement. It has to be a – Tito told us he's retiring. We owe it to Tito yeah. to try and do this, give him a shot. And it's such a low cost in the grand scheme of things because yeah. these guys – or another contract after this year, right? Correct. It's just pay $3 million up front yeah. to give him a shot. Roughly $3 million. See what between he can the do. Three of them. Yeah. By the way, interestingly, before we go to Jay, two former Guardians pitchers cleared waivers and did not get picked up. Carlos Carrasco, who was a fan favorite, and Mike Clevenger, who's pitching great. However, Cle- however Clevenger's got off the field stuff, and he has a $4 million buyout that the Guardians were not going to pay. Yeah. Uh, there was only six players claimed on waivers, and three by the Guardians, two by the Reds. Is that, real quick before we get to Jay, yeah. is that – Little compared to most years? Is that normal? I, I have no idea what the normal waiver wire so, is. So, what they, two years ago, it used to be in July was the trade deadline, but there was a second trade deadline at the end of August. And for a player to be traded, he had the first clear waivers. Got, okay. If he got claimed, the team, like the Angels, these guys, you got, got the, all these guys from the Angels. So, in the past, the Angels, and they, the Angels would have the option to pull the guys back from waivers or trade them with the Guardians who claimed them. Got you. Okay. Now that that tr- now you can't do that anymore. So uh, this is a lot for the Angels to put five legitimate, six legitimate players on waivers, a lot. and five of them got claimed is very unusual. Okay. Um, so there you go. All right, let's bring in Jay Stevens. Talk some Buckeyes. Before we do that, Anthony, I just want to remind everybody there. that we Here's are doing some. stupid numbers this whole week, and to subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports today Show today as well. And if you really, yeah, today as well, everybody's in there showing the support. The gifted yeah. memberships were fantastic. We love you all. 
Just don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about it. It's going to be great. We're (laughs) going to the moon and back with this show. And now, without further ado, Jay Stevens from Lockdown Buckeyes. What's up, Jay? There he is. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good, Jay. Uh, We are concerned about this Buckeye team because uh, G. Bush says that the quarterbacks are all a bunch of slappies and they're not any good. Is that true or not? Well, I don't think anybody can make that statement just yet because we don't know. Um, We don't know exactly what to expect with the quarterbacks. Um, I would love to say and come on here and be like, yeah, they're going to be great. We all know they're going to throw for 400 yards a game, matter if it's McCord or Devin Brown. We really don't know. We don't have a great sample size on McCord. If a smaller sample size, a smaller um, time of seeing him play in Devin Brown. So McCord's getting to start tomorrow. But for me to come out here and say, like, uh, we don't know. We know what to expect. I don't think I can make that statement right now. I, I, I will say this. My, the excitement level isn't there. Um, at quarterback because just of, of it's just you know the magnitude of what you had there. You know you could go all the way back and you start with Ryan Day. You can go back to Braxton Miller and then you can keep you know you can keep going after Braxton Miller. Uh, you 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 have uh, you know just all kind of quarterbacks. You have C.J. Stroud. You got Dwayne Haskins before him. You you know say Fields before Justin Fields before him. Like you know all these quarterbacks and then you get to. Uh, the, the quarterback class right now, and you're like, okay, we got Brown, and we got Kyle McCord, and we've been hearing Kyle McCord's name as the backup for like five years. He gets his opportunity. I was true. I have. I, I I didn't like too much what I saw in the spring game, and it just it dawned on me. I'm like, ah, oh, this they might take a step back this year. I don't know. I, it's a thought, and I think it's a healthy thought to think like they might take a step back because you're kind of saying. I don't want to put the expectations on this quarterback and make them super high or the way that um, Stroud played or the way that uh, Justin Fields played. I think the one guy that is very um, key to look at here is Dwayne Haskins. Ryan Day wasn't the head coach, but Ryan Day was there the year prior. There was a quarterback battle. Um, ultimately, Joe Burrow's hand got hurt, which set him back in that quarterback battle. Dwayne Haskins wins the job in 2018. And we got to see the guy that uh, only had one year at Ohio State really early in Ryan Day's tenure, got to play some really good football, broke records and things like that as quarterback. So for McCord to be there for a while, that is true. I just don't know if I'm comfortable saying they're going to take a step back. I won't say you're going to get C.J. Stroud um, or Justin Fields like right away. I can't say that. But I do kind of – I have a belief in the guys. I just don't know how soon or how quickly these quarterbacks, either McCord or Brown, whichever one ultimately wins the starting job – when they'll become their own and throw four touchdowns in back-to-back-to-back games. I don't know that yet, but it's tricky. This offseason, talking about the quarterback battle, honestly, it's been more um, exhausting than I thought it was going to be because I wasn't expecting to go this long into the offseason, especially during week one, to discuss, hey, we know the week one starter. We don't know the week two starter. It's really an odd quarterback situation at Ohio State right now. Jay, the only question that matters here is Ohio State going to beat Indiana by 30, 40, or 50 on Saturday? (laughs) 30, 40, or 50. That is the only true question there. Um, The Hoosiers are bad and the Buckeyes are good. So you're thinking covering the spread? Great. That's cool. Um, I do think it'll be a blowout. I won't put a number on it just yet, Mike, but I do think it'll, it'll be a blowout, though. The Buckeyes' defense... I think the biggest thing tomorrow is going to be the defense is going to take a step forward and show that the guys that are returning are making the right steps forward to be better football players overall. 
Also, when you add in the guy in Sonny Styles who's going to start, who has the skill set that he has, that's going to be a wrinkle that the Hoosiers, who had their own quarterback battle between two guys that really aren't experienced, that could be something that messes them up as well. So a 30 or 40 point, 30, 40 or 50 point win, that is the only uh, true question. What, how big is the Buckeyes blowout tomorrow? Um, you know, the, the major question this season is is not only, you know, what are they going to do game one? Because they'll, they'll, they'll blow them out game one. We're looking at the Michigan Wolverines. And um, Michigan up front, one of the best offensive lines. Yeah. You know what? They got a couple top-notch running backs coming back there. The quarterback is coming back. Talent-wise, a couple of years ago, I would have said that Ohio State is light years ahead of Michigan because of their skill positions and receivers. This year, I can't say that. I'm going to ask you, has Michigan caught Ohio State in terms of talent um, in the Big Ten? Ooh, I got friends listening to this, and they're going to be like, Jay, you're crazy. I think that they have caught up with Ohio State, though. I do think talent-wise, you're looking at a team in Michigan. Now, the quarterback one's interesting because I am not the biggest J.J. McCarthy fan. However, when he needed to make plays a year ago against Ohio (laughs) State, he made the plays yeah. a year ago when I was saying, hey, Ohio State's D-line is up to the task to play Michigan. They were not up to that task. The Buckeyes' offensive line um, struggled at times during that game as well. This is back-to-back years where the Buckeyes have had issues with the Wolverines in the trenches. And we all know, if you want to win a game, it all starts with the O-line and D-line. If they play well, if they play up to the standard that has been set at Ohio State or even better, there's going to be a good chance that they're going to win not just the game against Michigan, but every game that they play in that schedule. And so I do think the talent gap has gotten so close, and even maybe Michigan has gotten above it. So Buckeye fans are like, wait a minute. Are we really going to go into a game against Michigan where the playing field is even, it's level with the playing with the talent that is there? I think so. I also want to believe that Ryan Day, everyone want to see the Ryan Day from Georgia – in that game, not the Ryan Day that we saw during other games with the aggressiveness and play calling or the intensity that he had on the sideline in the Georgia game. We didn't see it throughout other games. I would hope to say we're going to see that Ryan Day that game or all year long. We just don't know. So the talent thing is there, but also we have a coach in Ryan Day who I want to believe in, but we we really only seen that aggressiveness, that intensity in Ryan Day once, once in his tenure at Ohio State. So the talent thing is there. The talent gap is tighter. I do think Michigan has um, caught up with the talent that Ohio State has. I want to believe the Buckeyes will win the game in the fall. I know you didn't ask my prediction, but it's in my head right now. I can't make that prediction right now and say, yeah, Buckeyes beat the Wolverines November 25th. I got to see what this team's going to do against Penn State, against Notre Dame, on the road in Camp Randall before I make my final prediction about yeah. what's going to happen November yeah. 25th in Ann Arbor. They only have four legit games and three are on the road. Yeah. So, yeah, hey, so. Jay, Ohio State's turned out some unbelievable receivers over the last couple of years. Garrett Wilson, Olave, Jackson Smith, and Jim. It goes on and on. Marvin Harrison might be the best of all of them. What makes Marvin Harrison so special that even the other guys who have all blossomed in the NFL or Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, first-round pick, that even they say, this dude's even better than we were. Like, what separates him from the great to, like, the elite, elite, elite? So with Harrison Jr., it's, I think it would be easy to say it's his work ethic. But all receivers work hard. Excuse me. Most elite receivers work hard. So I can't just say the work ethic, but I think it's the attention that he puts to 
working on the minor, even the smallest details of a route. And then once he figures out that small detail, he works on another, and he works on another, and he works on another. So it's not just his work ethic that puts him out there and makes him better, but also he's able to work on those minor details. It does also help that his dad is a pro football Hall of Famer. His dad did great things in the National Football League and at Syracuse as well. And so you have your dad who's a pro football Hall of Famer. That's one thing. That's only a small piece of the pie. It's not the whole thing, not the whole picture. It's just a very small thing. We see guys whose dads are Hall of Famers, not saying any names. They're nowhere close to being anywhere near an elite player in high school, in college, or in the pros because that's a very small classification to fit into. So Harrison Jr., I think it's his work ethic, which is elite, but he's able to work on this minor details. You add in his elite body control, and I was at the game a year ago against Indiana, and I'm sitting here like, how in the world did he make that catch? But he constantly works on his body control in practice, doing different drills by himself or with his teammates and his coaches. And it shows why on the field he might be the best Ohio State receiver Ryan Day has ever coached. Great stuff, Jay. We appreciate it, man. Enjoy the season. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jay. Yes, sir. Enjoy it, guys. Thank you, Jay. Uh, all right, Jay Stevens, Locked On Buckeyes. Guys, real quick before we wrap up the show, we will go uh, We will go to, uh, in overtime, we'll be answering your fan questions. Real quick, I got a list for you, but before we get to that list, let's go to Anthony. Yeah, I want to remind everybody really quick that me, Mike, and Earl do a behind-the-glass podcast once a week. It varies from night to night, but it's a great time. We love doing it, and you go check out some behind-the-scenes stuff with me, Mike, and Earl. By the way, USA Today, guys, they came up with a list. I think fans voted on this. I love that. Um, oh, shoot. Ten best stadium foods. What stadiums have the foods? Uh, voted voted by readers of USA Today. Okay. Okay. What ten stadium? Is there any Cleveland team on the top? Remember, this is all stadiums. Not. I don't think it includes like in like basketball arenas. But so any college football, any NFL, Major League Baseball. Did any of the Cleveland stadiums make it into the top ten? Progressive Field has really good food. Really, really good food. Have you been to a lot of stadiums? Baseball stadiums? Yeah, I've been to okay. 10. Well, it's not just baseball. No, I know, but I'm just uh, – okay. of the three Cleveland ones. I will ones. say no. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients – and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Progressive is number eight, eight? in the top ten. I believe it. Here's the top ten. Number ten, Coors Field. Anybody been there? I've not been to Coors. No. Denver, Colorado. Number nine, Nationals Park in D.C. I've been I've there. I've been there. I don't remember having outstanding food, but all right. Number eight, Progressive Field. 
I've been there. Number seven, Target Field in Minnesota. That's the new baseball stadium in Minnesota. I haven't been there. Number six, Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. Nope. Is that the baseball stadium? Baseball, yes. Baseball? Number five, Lambeau Field, where the Packers really? play, of course. Would yeah, not have guessed that. Would not have guessed that, right? Number four, NRG Stadium in Houston. Have I've you been, been there? there, yeah, and the food's pretty damn good. Yeah. They actually have Deshaun Watson has a, a cheesesteak company, Lefties. Yeah. They have one in there. It's actually really damn good cheesesteaks. Really? really, really good. By the way, what is the point, speaking of number three, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Atlanta, Georgia, what is the point of having a Chick-fil-A in If a, it's closed in a on Sundays. Stadium? Well, they play the soccer games there and college games and, stuff. and, and, and By the way, Canes, 7,000 times better than Chick-fil-A. Not even close. I, and KFC is better than Chick-fil-A also and probably Popeye's. I, you, you know... What, can you really say that that uh, you got the best food if you're not trying a large sampler of, of what they have? Like people say, really good food. That's but if fair. you only, yeah, if you only had a hot dog, that's true. It's how hard. do you know? Yeah, like, that's true. You got to have like six things. And number then, number two, Citizens Bank Park in Philly. I've been there. That's where the Phillies play. I've been there too. Good food. And I've been to number one. I'm sure you have too. City Field in Queens. Very good. Uh, which does have very, very excellent good, food. Yeah. Uh, there you go. So, so Cleveland is represented number eight on the uh, USA Today big board. Any quick final thoughts from anybody? Uh, just on Progressive Field real, real quick. When yeah. my buddy was here, we went to the baseball game with Earl yeah. Progressive. Or when you didn't invite uh, yes. G and I? Just yes, just me, Earl, and my, my friend. Uh, right. We ate all around the stadium. Yeah. And that's how what made me think, like, we had, like, four different things that were phenomenal. Yeah. The fried chicken in left field, delicious fried chicken. That. It's like the Fat Rooster, I think it's called. Really, really good. And the crab rangoon nachos. Well, the whole – I'm not a big crab rangoon guy, but uh, the whole – whatever they – what do they call it in right field with all the food places there? I can't remember what they call the it. The corner now. alley? No. The deck. deck yeah. No, the deck is separate. But uh, anyway, there's a lot of great food. They do a great job. It's a really cool fan experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have Ohio City Burrito, I think, represented there, which I they love. Do. Go ahead. Uh, real quick, too, before we get – too far away and wrap it up. I want to remind everybody that we do not have a show Monday. We will not be live Monday for Labor Day. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is true. What is Monday? Monday's Labor Labor Day. Day. Yeah, G, so don't show up. Yeah. Enjoy your holiday. If you're not joining us on Overtime, where are you? Sign up. Be a member. If you're not joining us, have a great holiday weekend. If you are joining us, we're doing fan questions. See you. Love you. G just asked if it's Friday. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.